What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL audio application, whatever you want to call it. We are Monday through Friday, with the rare exception of a July 4th when we might take the day off. Uh, here I'm out there. We're, we're smooth sailing in. Don't anticipate any sort of breaks. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. Thank you, as always, to hopping on the uh, the podcast. I wasn't kidding when I said on Thursday that if you listen to this show on a daily basis, we are personal friends. You might not know it. I might not know it, but we are. We're friends. And you can uh, tweet me, at Will Brinson. You can email me, willbrinson at gmail.com, like friends do. I'm not going to give you my cell phone number. I'll answer calls. Ask my mom about that. Uh, but but if you got any questions, you want to talk about talk beer over email tweets, or uh, or, or maybe you want to talk about football. It seems most likely. You got fantasy football questions leading up to the season. I will answer them. Not even kidding. Uh, just send me an email. I love doing keeper questions because it's fun fun thought exercise. Um, show today is a little. Uh, I don't know how to phrase. It's, it's a little choppy. Actually, it's not. It's not quite choppy. The next two shows are going to be a little bit choppy because we got a. Bu- I got a bunch of interviews that came out of Dallas last weekend from the opening, which is a Nike's rec- um, high school uh, event where the, the best and brightest high school stars gather. The guys at 247 Sports were there. Barton Simmons does a tremendous job um, you know, do, doing these recruiting rankings, knows more about these high school kids than uh, – it's, it's, it's crazy how much the depth that Barton knows about those guys. You should follow Barton on Twitter, at Barton Simmons, and, uh, and read, read all the stuff they do at 247 Sports. He and Chip Patterson, friend of the show, friend of mine, literal, literal good friend of mine, um, who also lives in Raleigh, uh, do the 247 College Sports Podcast. I am a big fan of it. They have a great – they do it with Tom Fernelli, also a friend of mine, <laughs> a colleague. And they have um, they have a great pick show that I listen to every week during the season, but I highly recommend you check out their podcast. Uh, if you're gearing up for fantasy drafts, of course, Fantasy Football Today with Adam, a- Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, Chris Towers – Excellent stuff. And if you're, you're still grinding away at a baseball title, trying to win fantasy baseball, uh, check out fantasy baseball today. I'm a subscriber of all of those podcasts. I would not recommend them to you if they weren't good. Check them out. Also, CBS Sports HQ, cbsports.com backslash live. I'm on there at least a couple of times a week. Uh, sure to be more frequently as we get into training camp. And of course, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you like. Um, one audio editing note, ever since I got back from vacation, there have been some shows where it sounds like when I take a breath, when I like pause or take a breath, that it, like I'm like eating spaghetti noodles or something. <laughs> so somebody left in the review. You don't have to leave that in review, okay? If you, if you don't like the audio, you can tweet me or send me a note. You don't have to leave it in a review. Hey, the audio sucks in this podcast. I give you plenty of options to get in touch with me. We know it's happening. We're working on it. It's something with my mixer. It'll be ironed out in the next week. Apologies for that. If you heard that, it's, it's embarrassing because it makes me sound like I'm sitting here trying, barely breathing, trying to get through the show, which I, mean, I guess I'm talking about slamming beers all the time. That makes sense. Anyway, um, on today's show, by the way, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, which was the, the Thursday to July 5th, D'Antonio Burnett. We got some really good feedback on it. I thought it was an awesome show. Make sure and check that out. Strength and conditioning coach for NC State. Um, Today's show is going to feature a quick hit interview with Willie McGinnis, NFL Network analyst and uh, former you know, multi-time Super Bowl winner, 
Patri- with the Patriots, talked about Patriots. Then I think it's like a four minute interview or something like that. Got him after he uh, had a panel with Malik Jefferson and Denzel Ward, and then Tyler and Jeff from Nike talking about uniforms and cleat structure. I had no idea that. Um, and I probably should have known this, maybe, but I had no idea that uh, that different types of players were different types of cleats. So there's specific cleats for, um, you know, guys like Antonio Brown, straight line burners, or you know, skill position guys. So different types of cleats for linemen and stuff like that. Just a cool, cool look at that. And then also some some news, maybe some I don't know about breaking news, but breaking future news about uh, uniforms in there as well. So uh, highly recommend you check that out. New today, today Thursday was the slowest day. In in the NFL for the year, I'm not kidding. Nothing happened. Um, it's a day after the Fourth of July, so it's a quasi holiday. Janoris Jenkins did um, issue a statement about his situation, saying that um, uh, Roosevelt Renee, aka Trips Beats, was found dead at my place of residence, and he you know, informed fans in a public uh, in the public and a good that he's a good friend of his. Renee was 25. Uh, Trips was a good friend, and we were collaborating on music production together. It truly hurts my heart to know he passed away, as this is an ongoing incident. I cannot answer any questions related to the investigation. I am praying for Roosevelt and his family. Worth noting that Jenkins posted that on Instagram, and that the Instagram post was basically a picture of a text he got from someone else. So it's clearly a prepared statement. Um, um, but yeah, you know, th- that was the only news. I mean, I-, I wrote a story about Kirk Cousins grilling weird meat. It, it looked like he was out-, out there in the Fourth of July cooking kidneys or rocks or something. Look up, look up Kirk Cousins and his grill work. It's it's pretty repulsive. Um, Ryan Wilson, my colleague, wrote a story. Here's why Judge Lance Ito is a fan of this rookie running back for the Falcons. It's because his name's Ito. But you you get the point. Not a whole lot of actual news out there. Uh, next week, I got some stories coming for .com involving um, five teams who I think will make could make the playoffs that were not in last year and five teams who won't make the playoffs who were in last year. And, uh, you know, with that, let's go talk to Willie McGinnis. What was the, you, I think you told the story recently, but didn't you get Tom Brady on to Alex Guerrero back in the day? I bought him on, yeah, Tom started using him. Yeah, I mean, that's not a secret. No, no, I don't. Um, but I'm just curious. Well, Tom is one of those guys that's also always trying to find different ways to get better and get stronger. And, you know, um, like you said, the game changes. Different uh, programs work for different people. And he did some work with Alex and he loved and he's taking it to a whole nother level with the TB12 stuff. You know, Alex is you know, a partner in that. And um, Tom will always, whether it's through nutrition or training, uh, try to find and get the edge to make himself a better player. There's no, you know, it's no surprise that he's played 18 years. Why is it taking so long for these different techniques to sort of filter their way down? Because I was... Um, Okay. I was talking to the, NC, the guys at the NC State program, strength coaches there, and they do yoga and massage and all this stuff. But like, you could, you didn't like when you were in high school. Did you do yoga? I didn't, but when I got to the league, guys did. Guys did. Oh, really? Were they already stuff. doing it? Yeah, I just wasn't. You know, I just wasn't into it. So, yeah, I mean, most dudes you know, were. I mean, when you're young and you're blessed with the talent and speed and all that, you think it's never going to go away. And you don't start doing that stuff until it's a little later in your career. It's like, oh, I got to get more flexible. I got to. Do this, I gotta do that. Yeah. It'll increase my speed, it'll increase my movement in space or whatever the case may be. Um, but when you're young and you're fast and you're coming in, you go off for one hour of sleep and just go. You know, 
they do Friday. Six, seven years in, you can't do that anymore. Eight years in, you can't do that anymore. Eighteen, eighteen years in. Eighteen years in. Fifteen years in, you can't do that. So you got to be more uh, aware of your body, how it functions, what feeds it the right way, um, how to fuel it, how to power it up, you know, as far as the weight room and training tactics and all those different things. And then... You know, you still got to go out and perform. You know, you got to go out and play, play ball. If you had to guess, how old do you think Tom Brady is when he walks away from football? I want to say when he wins his next Super Bowl. You think he walks off after? Yeah. Is Belichick with him? I don't know. He seems youthful for like a... Belichick's winning, man. It's hard to walk away from what he has. He's done so much with that organization. And, um, it's just, it'll never be duplicated. So we'll see what happens. Should they roll in Josh McDaniels as the next guy? Um, I mean, Josh is dedicated to the organization. Josh has been there. He knows the lay of the land. He has a great relationship with you know owners and staff. So you know, uh, you would think, but I don't think that's a question as long as Belichick is there. I don't think nobody's talking about it or asking those type of questions. Thanks, Willie. All right, like I said, a short interview with William McGinnis. Some of these are quick. Had to grab guys and uh, and pull them aside for just a couple of minutes. Let's talk to Tyler Lucky, who handles footwear for Nike. I don't know if people know this. There are different cleats for different type of professional football players, as in the Vapor is designed for skill position guys, etc., right? Exactly. So how we like to think about it is we kind of divide up the field into different positions, and each has a different skill set. They have different performance requirements, and they're different sizes, different shapes, um, and their movements are all over the board. So, um, Vapor, like you said, skill guys, so wide receivers, DBs. Then you have Alpha, which is all of your like tight ends and QBs like Russell Wilson, who are super agile. Um, linebackers, so it's kind of like the mix of speed and power put together. And then you have guys that are in a box, so O-line, D-line, and the performance requirements for those guys are very different from the other two. So that's how we kind of shape it up. So Vapor, Alpha, Force, and you kind of go from the outside, in the box, and in the trenches. Okay. Think about it like that. Yeah. So, like, with the Vapor, I mean, it's 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 literally lighter than my phone. Yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm, it, it is literally lighter than my phone. And this is this is a shoe that, um, and we're holding the shoe. People listening to this won't know it, but you'll see pictures on the website. Yep. Um, these these kids at the opening, first of all, can custom design it, which is really cool. And I know that kids get into that. How much input do you get from the athletes themselves in terms of looking at the cleats and getting the cleats ready? You talking more aesthetics or like full huh? like design? Yeah, so I mean, the way we start the whole process is first and foremost we start with the voice of the athlete so for this cleat specifically we looked at uh, wide receivers who would like to tape or spat their ankles yeah. and we talked to those guys and basically found that when you go through that process um, it breaks down over time so how do you design something that's super lightweight and performs just the same but built into the actual cleat itself um, so that was kind of the key insight that our design team took away and then designed into the cleat and what's really innovative about this is the fly knit that we use yeah. so we're constantly evolving with the knit yarns that we've used it's a technology that Nike's had for a few years now and um, one of the key yarns that we used on this was a high tenacity yarn that is seven times stronger than the prior yarns we've used in the past and it's um, 
lighter. So perfect combination of strength and lightweight is like uh, the best thing for vapor. Okay, but it's but it's hard to do it too because you have to like yeah. you walk a fine line of, of of making it light enough where these guys can be use speed, but yep. also you having it strong enough where they don't break their ankle. Exactly, you, know, yeah, yeah. you have to contain the foot onto the plate and make sure that you're locked in. So that's where you really finesse the edges of things, and that's where Flynet specifically helps with that because it gives you that lightweight and that strength, but it locks you in place at the same time. So it's that perfect combination, that sweet spot. Um, so that's where we, we start. And then... Is the is the spatting ankles thing, you mentioned that, is this, like, is this, this is like a... Um, Compensates for the for spatting, or is that on the other training shoe? This specifically, that was a key insight that we we dug into to help solve. Yeah. So this is going to give you that sensation. So, but so like yeah. the, the idea being is like that these guys don't need to spat their ankles because eventually they would have the shoe with the quality enough that it serves the same purpose over the full course of the game, right? If if they have that confidence, yeah. And it's it's a fine line based on kind of your, your medical history and, and where you are. Different with your, dudes have different absolutely. Bodies, so yeah. if if you have the confidence and this gives you that sensation that you're going to run around and be fine, you're, you'll be good to go. Mm. Um, if if you need extra. For XYZ reasons, based on where you're at from a rehab. So maybe somebody's had an ankle yeah, injury. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Then you need to do what you got to do. Right. Like this isn't going to take the place of that. Right. Okay. Um, so just make that. No, no, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Um, it's a benefit. It's not a replacement. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And a supplement, I mean, not a not a replacement. And if you look at the other silos, so vapor, we've never done anything like this before. It's always been lows. Alpha, you you have more of a mid top that helps protect the ankles for like those big linebackers. Well, that but those, that's also for guys who go laterally, like a Russell Wilson exactly. who's constantly on the move yep. and not running straight line exactly. speed. Exactly. Okay. And then you have your your online guys that have had mids for for years. Right. So this was we finally found the technology that would allow us to to make that happen. Right. Um, and then then we did it. Which is pretty pretty that's exciting. Awesome. So is this cleat in use right now in the NFL, or is this going to be the first? So this Will, so this went live um, this January. So okay. we saw it show up at the combine for the first time. Okay. Uh, Saquon Barkley was repping this guy. Okay. So launched at retail. It's out now. You can go grab it, and you're going to see it show up on the NFL field and colleges um, this coming up season. Is it hard to get? Is it is it easy or hard to get guys to wear new shoes in football? Um, it depends on who you're talking to, really. Okay. So you talk to the the pros, you know, and a lot of guys get, I mean, they've made it here because they're the best of the best. Right. And they know what works. And they're comfortable in their certain their certain cleats. So it's getting things on them early enough so that they can get used to it, get comfortable with it. So, like, during OTAs, for example, or during the summer session, they can try things on, get used to it. Gotcha. Then they're going to give it a shot and run through the season. So, like, unlike, like, you, your cycle is probably different than you have to have it out in January because it has to be ready for the lead up to Absolutely. getting ready. It can't yeah. just come out in August. Hey, try this new yeah, shoe. Yeah, tried then... to drop this in August. Yeah. Guys, kind of look at you like that's too different, man. Give, yeah, me, yeah. give me what I have in it. How much? How much different is that vapor from the? When did the last rendition of the shoe come out? 2017. Um, yeah. It? So two years ago, you had the Vapor Untouchable Twos, right? Yeah. And those were slightly lower. Okay. So this, you got an extra inch, inch and a half, and an entirely different construction. So from that perspective, the whole upper is different. The plates stay the same. Okay. So from a traction standpoint, you're going to experience the same bottom 
you that you had before. Gotcha. Um, the upper is a totally different sensation. And I think I mentioned yesterday just the, the focus that the team put into making it incredibly comfortable. Sure. So minimizing seams, minimizing abrasion for blisters, all that kind of stuff, and throwing comfort in to lock you in place. I mean, I tried one on, and, like, I, I don't wear a lot of football cleats. Surprise. Yeah. But they're really comfortable. Yeah. They're light, and, like, I'm not going to revolutionize um, the world by walking around in day-to-day life in football cleats. Right. But I would at least consider it. I mean, they, they, I mean like, they're really comfortable and really light. Yeah, it would be kind of cool to throw these yeah, on yeah, a different bottom. Stroll yeah. into, like, a, yeah. like, a, like, to get lunch <laughs> at, like, the local deli. And um, how much of a, for you as a guy who does cleat, desi- I mean, not design, obviously, but, like, the, the technical design of it, how much do you wish that the NFL would loosen the reins a little bit on letting these guys uh, wear different cleats in games? I think it's starting to happen with, um, so, for, for pregame now, it's, sure. like, kind of where you can express yourself however you want and it's it's becoming this new thing where guys can show up and, and basically make a statement right and whatever statement they want to make they can do it and and that's that's fantastic and I think they're also loosening the reins around um, kind of in-game so guys can wear like different color combinations within their team palette and and make cleats look incredibly awesome with the whole unit top to bottom so they look Cohesive. Is it? Team, yeah. Is it? Um, it's weird because football cleats don't work the same as basketball shoes. No, for, yeah, for, yeah, for the right, same reason right, we're talking right, about. Right. Like, like. Is there ever been a thought about having a signature shoe for, say, you know, like a like Saquon Barkley? Does he have his own signature cleat, or can no, you even do so that? Is that what's, what's really interesting when you get to the, the signature level, especially with the pros, is they're so specialized in what they do. So you look at Saquon Barkley and his build, his style of play is going to be unlike anyone else right. that shows up. And you can look at Zeke Elliott, like his style of running is very different. So I mean, when you start to put yourself into a signature plane like that, you, you lose people along the way. Okay. And I mean, we take, we take insights from multiple different positions within that kind of vapor, that alpha, and that force silo to really give you the best product for those positions. Okay. So that's that's kind of how we attack it. So like, Saquon Barkley is wearing the same cleat yeah. that everybody else would buy in a store, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that, I don't know, that's, that's an, the ultimate goal is for us to, to build a cleat that shows up at retail that everyone can buy that Saquon wears that yeah. everybody else wears in the NFL. Like, we, you don't want to get into a place where you're selling something different than what shows up in the NFL. Right. And some guys have different feet things that we have to solve that um, we might change like some internal con- construction based on their foot morphology or, or different requirements that they might have. Um, but that's some internal like 10 to 20 percent changes yeah, right. that we make. But everything no wholesale else stays, changes. Yeah, exactly. Everything else stays um, ideally the same. So that's that's the goal. So we have we've been talking about the alpha. Uh, sorry, we've been talking about the vapor. Touchable three elite. We also have the pro and the speed. So when you put all these vapor cleats together, you get have your arsenal of speed, so to speak. So you have the elite that's it's a high flying yeah. it, right? Then you have the Untouchable Pro Three, okay. and that is more of a traditional low with the circle in it cuff, and that's going to give you a totally different sensation than this one. And then you have the speed that is traditional low cut, lightest thing we have. So depending on you as a player, if you're a DB or wide receiver, you're going to look at this lineup, and you're going to be comfortable in one versus the other. Gotcha. So you can choose from I want the lowest, lightest cut. So it's just like 
great protection. Like, guys can choose whatever exactly. they want to wear. Yeah. So, I mean, not everyone's going to go into this. Yeah. You're going to choose one that works for you. And so, what is go. what is Antonio Brown wearing? Antonio Brown wears our alpha silo. So, his agility and his routes are out Second of control. Not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, he needs something that he can cut on a dime and make that adjustment. On That's the, the low, right? The, um, so, the right now, he, he wears an alpha mid. mid. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, and that's what he's traditionally been wearing, and that's what he's comfortable in. Well, because he goes he goes laterally a lot more than I mean, like, he does the vertical routes, obviously, but he also yep. makes so many cuts that he needs the protection on the exactly. Okay. Yeah, so in that sense, you you get that support in the ankles so that you don't have to think about it. You're comfortable, you're confident, and you're you're good to go. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we don't want anyone to think about their cleats. Right. So you throw them on whatever movement you want to make, you make that 100, percent and you're good to go every time. Oh, uh, I know. The, it seems like with the uniforms, there's yep. a um, like a push to make everything not uh, interwoven, but to make everything blend together. So it's like one piece. Is it the same thing with the cleats? Ideally, that's the case, especially for vapor. Guys want stuff, stuff that's like super sleek, tight to the foot, yes. and skin tight. So yeah. There's not as many moving parts of the cleats because it's a shoe. Right, right. So, I mean, that helps limit just the distractions that you get and any issues that could come from like, abrasion for blistering and that kind of stuff. So the sleeker and the um, more simplistic from a aesthetic standpoint, you can make it uh, like the innovation and the design and the testing and all that stuff that goes into it is incredibly complicated but right. um, when you step back and kind of have it in your hands it's a pretty elegant piece of equipment for the football player. for simplicity yeah, yeah. exactly alright awesome thanks dude so that's the foot footwear construct of, of this whole thing. I mean, for you, those that don't know, the Vapor is, is Nike's, I mean, I'm not kidding, I, I've held a pair and they are so stinking light. I got that, I ran around in a pair. It's absurd. I mean, it's their, it's their newest cleat. It's the cleat they use, um, you know, for, for skill position guys and you can fly around in that thing. It's, it's wild. Uh, we also talked to Jeff Rogers who handles Nike uniform design. And if, if, if you have any questions about these, like confusion about the shoe, um, Feel free to tweet me at Will Brinson or um, uh, check out. I'll, I'll have a story up on the cleats um, and the new innovations that they're doing for the 2018 season. Also going to be some changes in terms of uniforms moving forward. Imagine a world where NFL players wear recycled uniforms, uniforms made from recycled materials. That's what we asked Jeff Rogers about, plus all the innovations they have planned for the uh, jerseys moving forward. All right. So my first question. We are. My first hit. Yeah. Well, I have good questions. I have good questions. My first question is, are NFL players going to be wearing recycled jerseys in 2018? Oh. I know. Okay. They'll be wearing them in 2020. They will have the opportunity to adopt um, recycled uniform in 2020. Um, I mean, that that's obviously beyond us. They make the decision whether it's league-wide or whether it's by club on if they're ready to adopt, if they want to adopt an alt, if they want to adopt across all colorways, you know, that, which I think is something that we know from an athlete perspective, the recycled version is going to perform differently. Yeah. So if you adopt one colorway and then your athlete's wearing two other colorways in a different technology, they might be like, I don't want that, right? I want all three. Well, the club might say, we don't want to convert all three this year. We'll convert all three next year. So it's going to be, you know, up to each club how they want to do. It's available at the high school level, college level, NFL level. Um, and 
whoever wants to adopt it can can adopt. You showed us the material, and it looked felt like to me that the recycled material is performs or is better, right? Yes. And for people listening to this who are like, why the bleep are we talking about recycling and uniforms? This is actually taking plastic bottles and turning them into professional football uniforms. Yes. And you guys have found that this results in better performance, right? Yes. And just most people probably aren't aware, but our our retail jerseys for NFL and college are currently recycled. So you're looking at five bottles per jersey. We've been doing that the last six or seven years. So we're looking at 300 million bottles, essentially. That's pretty good. Um, we haven't done that. We haven't converted that to on-field yet because... We wanted to make sure that we gave it thorough testing. Um, we were concerned about durability, concerned about um, it holding color. But So we had to run a lot of lab tests first before we put on an athlete. So that takes time. And you have to make the yarn. You know, you got to make sure you're getting it from the right place. you got to make sure that it's a true, sustainable story. So we felt like 2020 would be a good time to launch. We just brought on the Uniform 17. We don't want to cannibalize that technology. Sure. So, yes, it has been performing much better. Uh, it feels better directly to the athlete, which you have experienced yourself. Um, it's holding color better, and we know that color is a huge part of the licensed business, whether it's on field or whether it's in retail. Teams love their color. Sure. Um, and it has a, has a better stretch and recovery, which we know the true insight from an athlete with football is when I put it on in the locker room, go to the, out to the game, I want it to feel exactly the same way before I take it off at the end of the game. And that's a really hard thing to do, considering these guys are going to sweat, they're going to warm up. They hit each other. They're going to hit each other. Um, they go through all these different ranges of motion. And to know that that is going to be the same at the end as it was at the beginning is huge. This is giving, um, increasing a lot more stretch and recovery. So that athlete's loving it. Well, uh, chick- I asked, chicken of the egg. Which came first? Did it? Did you guys, were you guys like, we need to save the earth. Let's use bottles to make jerseys. Or were you like, oh, wait. Like, like, how did like how did the process come about to realize that it is something that performs better? Well, a lot of it was, um, you know, we were doing it in retail. Yeah. So, um, there we were like, hey, we need to convert to recycled content as quickly as we can, and we did. On field, um, when I got the job a year and a half ago, I was like, well, we need to we need to bring it to the athlete. So let's figure out how to do that. Um, we knew that we could get a yarn that obviously would hold color and survive with a customer. But an on-field test is the only way that you can validate that it's going to work for a team over the course of eight games, 20 games, you know, 30 games, 40 games. When you look at the high school level, they're not getting a new uniform every year yeah. or every day. They, they want things to last three to five years. So you're looking at 40 games is kind of your threshold that you need it to pass at the high school level, um, knowing that it's only one or two games at the NFL. So um, a couple things we knew were going to be better, but we have been pleasantly surprised with some upgrades with the recycled material. And you guys test with, like, Oregon. and Have any NFL teams been 
cool about testing it. I know that like the Detroit Lions are doing something with recyclable material, but I don't know if it's actual on-field jerseys. It's probably not on-field yet. Um, we test with Oregon first because they're right there. Sure. We can go back back and forth, three-hour drive, round trip. Um, we can get the insights uh, that we need. We can go down there and, and kind of do some minimal tests and some on-field tests, and then we can do a full spring practice and scrimmage tests, which is what we did this spring. Um, now we'll broaden that out. We'll have some other test partners this fall in college and at the NFL level. Can you reveal which test partners are no, in it? Okay. Not yet. Um, are they big name test partners? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that helps us. Like we want to make sure before we go broader that we've fixed out all the bugs sure. uh, with Oregon. Um, we also want to create visibility as early as we can, right? So we know that this would be a big CFP moment for us if you think 2020. Um, launching this material on the new chassis. So we want to make sure that it's ready to go at that time period, and then we'd want to make sure that it's ready to go if, if an NFL team wants it in 2020, that they've actually experienced it 18, right? Because these guys got to place their orders almost a year in advance. Sure. So yeah. you got to test them two years in advance. Yeah. And the last thing we want to do with our programs at NCAA or NFL level is surprise them with something right. that they haven't been able to actually vet out themselves in their own equipment room on their own field, with their own leadership and management. So getting a two-year head start with them is really advantageous for both parties. But it's been like a pretty good relationship with the oh, NFL awesome. and Nike, right? It's been awesome. Um, but they have so much knowledge. Sure. Right? And they also um, have a higher demand for the product than we could ever create in a lab. Right. So the earlier you can get it to the... The professional, the expert, yeah, and have them do everything that they would do in a normal season to it, and then give us feedback, and we can make some tweaks. Then we know it's pretty much foolproof. And if it can be foolproof at the NFL level, it's going to last at the high school level. What's what? Te- are there any teams that have been um, more enthusiastic about engaging in technology uh, advancements? Or, or jersey um, colors, uniform no, changes. I mean, I think I think everybody's been pretty equal. Yeah, yeah. equally. Like the Seahawks feel like a team. They're like the NFL's Oregon, maybe. I, I don't know. They, they feel like they, yeah. they always want to push the boundaries on their uniform colors and all of that. Yeah, and, I think I think they're. You know, they they like having a little bit of a different look, which is awesome for us. I mean. Um, you know, where, where not, somebody like the Packers might not want to change their yeah. rich green and gold tradition quite yet, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I think what is something that you have to remind yourself of is this isn't like the new running shoe where any color will probably sell. Right. There's a lot of history there where people adore their colors and they want that exact color. Sure. Right? Because that's part of their DNA. They identify with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, now we're pretty conservative when it comes to that and we really want to push the technology. Um, we let them kind of own how they want it to look, um, if they want to make tweaks or changes, but we want to make sure that we're selling in the technology, why it's going to make the athlete better, why it's going to contribute to your bottom line through selling more retail movies, um, and then let them handle how they may want to evolve or may want to stay the same at the moment. Um, 
um, for their team. Are there any big uniform colorway changes coming in the NFL in 2018? No. None? Those, are, those have been announced already? Uh, no. I think, you know, we had some good redesigns for the Lions. I think, you yeah. know, looks really good. Jags looks really good. All those uniforms are out. 2018 is going to be a quiet year for uniforms. Yeah, I think so. No, I mean, I think they've um, talked about they can wear those uniforms whenever they want. Yeah. They don't have to just specifically be on Thursday nights and all that like in, like last year. With the color rush and all that. No, I, I think that's beneficial to everybody. They'll see them more. Yeah. So just in one game. So. What about the uh, padding technology with, um, I know you talked about weaving in different equipment that people might traditionally wear as a separate unit into the pads right now, right? Yeah, big big observation that we've seen and heard from equipment managers, kids, and coaches is, you know, kind of the, the days of chasing loose pads is over. Right. It's a lot of work, you know. It sucks. Yeah. 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 Um, so what we've done is said, hey, if we take your padded girdle that you would wear under your uniform and just change the material out to your uniform material, is that an option? And everybody's been like, yes. So it'd be great, right? And so now you can have a game pant with a padded girdle underneath, two, two layers, look the same as one layer. And, but that athlete can essentially customize, right? They can right, right. wear one level or one layer with everything in it. Or if they're more comfortable in two layers with everything in it, but they look the same. And we haven't been able to do that in the past. And so now it just gives them an increased flexibility in terms of what they can put together when they're wearing on the field, right? Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is they want to wear the least amount of product. They want the most protection. It's a fine line, right, of like you want to, you want to be protected. And, yep. and you said, too, that NFL guys have a lot more leeway in terms of what they can wear. They're not bound by any high school restrictions or but they're only bound by their own personal desire to feel pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have NFL NFL regulations right. of impact protection around the thigh and knee. Yeah. Um, and we carry those same um, specifications at the NFL level down into the high school pad. Yeah. So we're one-to-one there to make sure the athlete's protected. But at the same time, it's anytime they can wear less... Emotionally and mentally, you're going to assume that you're lighter. Sure. Right? Yeah. Lighter means faster. Faster means better. Less means less distraction. That means more mental concentration on what I'm supposed to be doing as opposed to adjusting my gear. Okay. So faster, stronger, better. Lighter. Smoother, lighter. Yeah. Right. That's, uh, that's good stuff. Thanks. I mean, just... Go back five years ago and look at the fastest guy in the NFL after he's caught the ball. He's probably around 20 miles an hour, 18 miles an hour. I mean, last year a guy was clocked as 27. With the guy like five years ago was 18? I did 18 on the field. You're probably, you know, you're probably up four or five miles an hour in the last four to five years. Yeah, that's an interesting problem. increase. How much, how much, what percentage of that do you attribute to, um, uniforms? Everything. Everything? Okay.